you will get uh, when we share the PowerPoint with you. Uh, so suffice to say that um, in a dilemma, you always have to make trade-offs. And uh, in order to make those trade-offs, we have to be conscious of the fact that we cannot think in terms of sh the short term. And that somebody will always lose. There is no way everybody can get everything. And also that very often in order to deal with the dilemma, we have to be able to deal with the truth, with reality. And it's my experience that when we deal with the truth, when we deal with reality, people are not always very happy. It's also uh, my uh, experience that complex ideas are very difficult to understand and that people presume they understand more often than they really do. And that it requires courage, it requires critical thinking, it requires us to take risks. So essentially, democratic dilemmas cannot be managed easily and without cost. There is always a cost to managing it. Another little poster, what I call the elsewhere folk, for whom, wherever we are, we are someplace else. Now I'd like to summarize. The world is too complex to understand ideologically or dogmatically. Because dogma and ideologies simplify. Culture is how society does things and creates shared values. Diverse cultures make this task more difficult. It doesn't mean diversity is bad. Diversity brings tremendous advantages, but it also makes things complicated. Religion was a means for humans to transcend the self. Without religion or philosophy, we become materialistic and self-centered. Family provides emotional and physical support to individuals, but the breakdown of extended family has catastrophic consequences. Community requires familiarity and social intimacy to build trust. Technology and globalization make it harder to maintain it. Both progressivism and conservatism are simple reactions to com complexity. And hence, these are luxuries that we cannot afford. And this is the problem with radicalism. Whether it's right-wing radicalism or left-wing radicalism or fundamentalist radicalism, it is too simple. We don't live in a simple age anymore. This is not the 1300s. World is very different. And most importantly, democratic dilemmas, when left unaddressed, come back and bite us. So at this point, given that the presentation is done, uh, oh, I see, I have one more uh, uh, poster. I know negativity is such a downer. So do let me know when it might be safe to stop talking about the collapse of civilization. Okay, so what I would like now is to open up. We don't need to be on chat anymore. We have at least 10 minutes and I'm available to continue the conversation beyond uh, 9.30, but uh, beyond, beyond uh, 11.30 EST, but I would very much appreciate a conversation. If we could find a way to uh, get the gallery view. Uh, do I have the gallery view? 
Okay, so uh, if you want to engage, you can do so by chat, but you can also uh, just raise your hand. And if uh, I can see it, uh, we can call on you. So I'm gonna go to chat first because that's already there. Oh, it's better if I stop sharing my screen. Okay, I will stop sharing that. Thank you, Mike. Yes, I get it. I am. I, I won't pretend I'm figuring out this technology, but it is way better than it was when I started uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, any, would anybody like to make a comment or ask a question? And in the interest of time, I would say, be very, very succinct, unlike me. Uh, and uh, let's try to keep it to say no more than a minute. Any thoughts, any questions, and I would very much appreciate it. I'm also going to mute myself for the moment, or I will mute myself when I hear, uh, see someone wanting to make a comment. And just to be clear, if you go longer than that, I will encourage you to stop, just so others get an opportunity. So questions, thoughts from any of you. Is that okay? So, uh, any takers, any comments? Thank you, Jack. Go for it. Jack, you're muted. Here we go. Uh, I think we live in very special times where the behaviors of this community uh, will affect the outcome this century. Uh, my research suggests that eight to 10 billion people will die of starvation or conflict this century. That's almost everybody we know. And I'm an engineer, I run numbers. You can run, what scares me the most is that most of us are not running numbers. We have no number for who gets injured and when. But if we ran them and we came up with a really big number, then it would be immediately apparent that the things that we're proposing to fix the problems that we see presently have nothing to do with who gets injured and when. So my contribution here is please think about that. And if you have any desire to talk about it, my website is there and my email is there. I'll be glad to talk to you offline. Thank you so much, Jack. Oh, what a great uh, way of framing it. Who gets injured and how? Uh, thank you. Anybody else? And it can even be a, a, a personal uh, question or even, even if this is too overwhelming for you, I just want your responses. Yes, Val? Yes, thank you, Ashok. Um, I guess one challenge that, you know, that has become evident to me is that in the context of democracy, how a minority uh, can actually influence or, um, you know, or limit the ability of the majority to really bring about change that benefits everyone. Uh, one example is, you know, gun policy, right? Uh, we have the NRA, uh, which is a powerful interest group that really is ignoring even the majority of its members that support some kind of control of, of, of uh, assault weapons and such, and how it disregards 
the opinion of its own members and the larger uh, nation um, in terms of trying to address what is, a, in fact, a, a serious problem for, for public safety. And so it, it's just one of those things that how democracy can sometimes harm, the, bring about the, the worst in us, and also, uh, you know, limit the public good when it's supposed to, <laughs> supposed to promote the public good. Uh, and it's all about the, the power of money. Uh, and influence in politics. Just want to get your thoughts on that, Asha. Thank you, uh, Valen. I mean, I am in the multiple, many conversations you and I have had. Uh, the uh, you have struggled with, and you've talked about the importance uh, of money as uh, money in politics and capitalism as uh, something that is one of our biggest challenges. And I, 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 I can only say I agree with you. Uh, but I, I, what I would uh, ask you is to uh, take each of your entry points, whether if your entry points is inequality or if it's racism or if it's climate change, I would like you to, for this webinar, see how they connect with every other element. Because the biggest challenge, and I, I personally have experienced that, uh, those who are totally committed to one issue can become part of the problem when they don't see how the solutions that they have have terrible effects on other issues. But it's like it's it's like my being committed to my child uh, and only my child, and in the process uh, making life difficult for other children around the place because my commitment is to my child. So, uh, but again, I would like uh, to hear. Thank you, uh, Jack. Thank you, Val. Uh, anybody else? Personal. Uh, intellectual, political, it doesn't matter. I want your thoughts. Sorry, Amanda, go for it. I just want to piggyback off of that because I think about how it's a lot of US Americans. In theory, we like to say, if everyone takes care of their own, if everyone takes care of their stuff, whether it's their kid, their home, and only their kid, their home, their things, everyone would be perfect. But I think in practice, it ends up not really working out that way because the way that you care for your kid can very much directly and indirectly affect how other kids are treated, how other people's homes are. I feel like that individual way of thinking makes sense in one part of the brain, but in practice, it doesn't end up working out. Thank you so much, Amanda, because what you're talking about is the fallacy in a complex, connected world of doing your best in a small corner and expecting that if everybody did the same thing, the world would be okay. Unfortunately, that's, that's no longer possible. This is what it means when we say we, are, we live in an interconnected uh, world and that everything is connected. Anybody else? Thoughts, questions? Thank you, Matt, go for it. Matt, you, uh, uh, you are, yes. Okay, I'm here. Hi, Ashok, thanks so much for this lecture today. Uh, so, so what I'm challenged with is just basically understanding this interconnection and, and knowing how large this, uh, you know, the world that we live in is and, 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 and how to, so how do we, how do we manage all of this complexity and at the same time not get 
overwhelmed by it. And so that's where I think that uh, in my, my life, I continuously come back to the importance of, of, of understanding myself through self-awareness because I know that I can only create uh, so much positive effect uh, if, see, I got a little, little mixed up there. I can only create so much positive effect if, um, if, if I'm not self-aware, then I don't really know what it is that I'm bringing into this world. And so it can seem like, if, if, so for example, I practice meditation and mindfulness. And if I'm focused upon my own inexperience and how things operate within, then I think that I'm better able to go out into the world. But if I start with trying to look at the big picture, then I think too easily I can forget what it is I'm bringing to the big picture. So I try to try to, to find some sort of balance between working within and working without. And that seems to be what we all have to do. To what degree can we engage with the big picture and to what degree do we need to uh, focus on what's going on within ourselves. Thank you so much, uh, Matt. And I think you hit on a very important tension, which is if I don't understand myself, nothing I do is ever going to uh, particularly work for anyone else, nor for myself. But having said that, we live in such a complex world it's also important to understand the world and understand myself so that I can strike that balance. The key is balance. And this is my uh, personal challenge with radicals today. While when I look at some of the problems, inequality, when I look at uh, climate change, it's obvious we need radical change. But the problem with radicals espousing radical change is they tend to look at everything from one narrow perspective. And that very often has unhealthy repercussions. It's very important for us to be able to, if we want to deal with really pressing issues, we have to be able to understand the connections and the complexity, but find a way to not be overwhelmed by it and instead to find a way to be confident and at ease with ourselves so that we can engage with the complexity around us because otherwise uh, the, over, the, the complexity can overwhelm us. Thank you. Uh, anybody else? Any other thoughts? I noticed that Lauren has said, some, uh, Lauren has said something. Uh, Lauren says, Adrian Murray Brown's short book, Emergent strategy offers incredible practices for individuals to navigate complexity through a simple set of rules or behaviors that are more in tune with this interconnected way of life. Thank you. And uh, Lawrence, since you are uh, part of our group, may I suggest that you send me uh, an, a short uh, distillation or excerpt of that that I can pass around to the rest of the group? Of course, I'd be more than happy to do that. Fantastic. And I would like to uh, use this opportunity to welcome everybody <coughs> to send me material that you think is useful and I will find a way to share it with the group. Apart from everything else, this is a great opportunity for us to create uh, 
a, a, a fashion, uh, and this is a, a popular American word, a support group, uh, but a support group that can help us engage with complexity and maintain our sanities. And uh, if there are tools, if there are processes, uh, we will move them around without judgment. And uh, we will see uh, each one of us, I, I, I would like each one of us to be in a position to select the kind of tools that work for us. Any other thoughts? Anybody else uh, have any thoughts? Um, Ashok Raghav, yeah. We move on? Ah, thank you, Raghav. Go on. Yeah, so um, just wanted to leave one thought out there. One of the things that was constantly going on in my mind while you were talking is, of course, dealing with all this complexity and from the region where I am in, uh, which is the Indian subcontinent, the complexity is um, uh, much, much, much more uh, in uh, compared to, let's say, um, I would imagine, uh, the US or the UK in terms of anything, language or religion or the caste. It's really overwhelming. So one of the, uh, as democracy does not give solid answers, one thing that people are forced to think of is uh, in terms of uh, if we don't have solid answers and implementing any democratic mechanism itself is very, very difficult. Um, why democracy then, right? So we are dealing with two different layers. One, understanding democracy and seeing how it is going to be useful in grappling with the complexity that we have, number one. Number two, uh, a growing disillusionment with democracy uh, democracy itself, which is very palpable at this moment on a day-to-day -day basis in India. Thank you so much. And uh, this is something that we will touch on in uh, our next few sessions, which is that democracy, and this is a misunderstanding about democracy. Democracy does not guarantee results. Democracy does not have solutions. All democracy is, is a process. And the process gives everybody a voice. And that's the only thing that's guaranteed. It doesn't mean that I as a brown man will get everything that a brown man wants. It means though, that tomorrow, even if I don't get it today, I can come and ask for it again. Whereas in um, a dictatorship, uh, or a despotic autocratic society or a majoritarian state, that's not possible. Democracy is a process for collaborative, cooperative decision-making. There is no guarantee about decision. And you're right, Raghav, at a time like this, when there's a crisis, people get very panicky about democracy and they see it as wasteful, messy, inefficient. And this is something that we all have to deal with. Uh, but this is at one level a very major chunk of what the work, uh, what our work is all about. Uh, now, can I suggest that um, before you leave, each one of you puts in at least a line uh, in the chat box, a line that you'd like to leave everyone else with. It could be a thought, it could be a question, uh, it could be anything that you'd like the rest of us to take with us. And what I will do is I will copy this uh, and mail it uh, to all of you. So uh, we will do our goodbyes on chat. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. I really, really appreciated uh, your showing up. We had 16, 17 people, uh, which is way more than I thought we would have a couple of days ago. Uh, looks like my arm twisting worked. <laughs> 
Okay, so I'd love your thoughts on um, chat. Your goodbye until next time thoughts or questions. And if I could also encourage those who uh, are not officially signed up, but who are there because they know me to also do that, uh, that'd be wonderful. And that uh, I can see Stacy has signed off, but Tom, uh, if you care to, uh, um, I won't call on anyone, uh, but would love to hear your uh, thoughts at least on chat. And if you if you don't, that's all, that's okay too. But I, I would encourage you. And um, I know that Maggie will be in touch with all of you about the next session. Um, Maggie, do you, uh, will you be sending uh, the web link in again yes. as you did this time? So yes, we will send it out sooner. This time it will be sent out. Um, I would expect it by tomorrow evening. Okay. And so, um, yes, and it will have the recording link to, the, it will have the link to the recording and this time, since you've all paid, there'll be a password to get to this recording since, um, since it's not free. So all you have to do is type in the password and then you'll be able to view the recording again. And we will have, um, also I will put in there the schedule for the rest of the webinars so that you can always refer to that. And the PowerPoint point that Ashok used will be in there as well. Correct, Ashok? Um, Absolutely. Okay. You will get to the PowerPoint. Okay, then yes, expect that um, tomorrow. Wonderful. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting uh, the responses and uh, really appreciate it. And again, as I said, we will share this uh, with the whole group. Um, again, thank you very much. Really, really happy you joined. This makes a lot of difference uh, to the group, your participation. And uh, I look forward to seeing you folks in two weeks now. I'm going to just be online, but, and if any of you wants to talk with me, I'm around, uh, but the rest of you, thank you for coming and uh, look forward to uh, connecting again in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Ashok. Take care. Thank you. Well, um, Ashok, it looks like you, um, you have a question in the chat box, but also everyone, as you're logging off, our next webinar will be at sep on September 18th, once again at 10 a.m. But yes, Ashok, you have a question in the chat box. So. Okay. So Raghav's question is, uh, how are the liberals and progressives failing democracy? Uh, well, my first thought, um, Raghav, is that democracy is primarily dependent on the liberals because it is only the liberals who see value in giving voice to minorities, giving voice to dissent. Uh, traditionalistic societies, uh, autocratic societies don't do that. So I would start with the premise that liberalism is fundamental for democracy. Having said that, like anything else that human beings engage with, liberalism has become fraught with dogma. Uh, 
and one it once it becomes uh, in, uh, almost enshrined as dogma it becomes intolerant of any perspectives outside of its own and this is what is problematic about liberalism and progresses and progressivism today because uh, I'm just at one just to give one example the whole idea of um, creating safe spaces uh, in campuses for minorities and therefore banning or no platforming of speakers and uh, ideas uh, is inherently detrimental to democracy but more on that, the, we will be talking about many of these issues as we go forward. But thank you. This is the tension. The biggest allies of democracy are the ones who are losing faith in it. The, your, your Putins and your Modis and your Xi's in China never, never wanted democracy. The Islamic fundamentalists never wanted democracy. Uh, but it's the liberals who want it. And we need to understand how we can help strengthen it rather than weaken it. Mike, any thoughts since we have a smaller group now? I mean, and I'm, I'm around. I'm happy to chat with any of you. Uh, I, Ranba has asked uh, the question of identity, the way we, how does the way we view ourselves affect the way we interact with the world. At one level, Ranma, today's problem is a problem of identity. Uh, it's a problem of identity because our identities have been completely messed around with because of technology, because of uh, democracy, sorry, technology, consumerism, and globalization. Uh, 100 years ago, my uh, grandparents or great-grandparents uh, never questioned who they were. Just 30 years ago, when I ran workshops in creative thinking in India, and I had a question about identity, most people didn't even know what to say because they said, but I'm from my, this family. That's my identity. Today, when I do ask the same question, they talk about music. They talk about a favorite book. They talk about hiking. They talk about, uh, I love uh, social media. I love this. The idea of identity itself has been commodified. So our, our challenge is one of who we are. And the psychological implications are phenomenal. Because it messes with us. If I don't know who I am and I'm struggling with that, and if you don't recognize me for who I think I am, there is, what can I hold on to? The clashes are clashes of identity. Nationalism is an issue of identity. The rise of the right wing is an issue of identity. This is uh, the single most human issue that affect that we are struggling with right now. The uh, at a much larger level, climate change or uh, climate <laughs> crisis, whatever you call it, is the one that affects the whole planet and us. Mm -hmm. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you everyone so much for coming. Um, this is MBBI and we actually do need to uh, end this webinar now. <laughs> today. Um, but again, thank you for coming. This will be recorded and sent to you. Maggie will get all that organized. Um, thank you again to Shok for this wonderful first session and excited for the next 11. Uh, have a great rest of your day, everyone. We're going to end this now. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Maggie. And uh, just to check, uh, folks, uh, I hope the chat will not disappear when we sign off. Oh, no, really? the, the, the chat is also recorded, so that will be downloaded as oh, well. Oh, wonderful. That's great. Uh, thank you very much. And then have a great couple of